Well, if you want to get a bill passed by the president, surely you just need to call it the Heroes Act. But is it getting any closer to getting passed? Is that what's driving the risk on mood this morning? Or is it the news that the president will be getting out of hospital? He's just tweeted as much. Plus, strong services numbers from the US, not so good from Europe. And what to expect from the RBA today and the federal budget. It's Tuesday, the 6th of October, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. And the president will leave hospital, it seems. He's just tweeted that he's going to leave at 6.30pm local time, tweeting, don't be afraid of COVID, don't let it dominate your life, he said in a tweet. Let's hope he doesn't have a relapse, having said that. But risk sentiment, even before that, is certainly back. Equities on the rise, 2% up for the Nasdaq, 1.4% for the S&P 500, 1.5% for the Dow. Helped a little by the latest tweet from the president. We've also got rising volatility in the VIX index. It's up over 3% today. Shares up 2 in Europe, 1.1% for the DAX. Conversely, bonds a little out of favour. 10-year Treasury yields are up 5 basis points. A massive spike in oil, 6% for WTI crude, 5.4% for Brent, both coming back from a three-week low, of course. The US dollar is down 0.4% on the DXY this morning, a 0.5% rise in the euro, 0.3% for the pound, and 0.2% up for the Aussie dollar and the Canadian dollar. But the US dollar is also 0.4% up on the Japanese yen. So as I say, risk sentiment is back for now, perhaps because the president is getting better, but it's not just that, surely. Here's Gavin Friend, senior market strategist at NAB in London. I mean, this is quite a reversal, isn't it, from how we finished on Friday afternoon. But I mean, part of this, of course, will be uh, hopes that a stimulus uh, will be resolved as well in the next 24 hours. Yeah, good morning, Phil. Um, Yeah, well, I think it's one of a number of factors. Perhaps we should start with what's been going on in the FX market with the dollar and the bond markets as there the moves look to be a little bit more clear cut, perhaps less questionable. So there's um, an emerging narrative that Biden's lead will uh, extend from here. It's clearly early to make that judgment, but markets are forward looking, as we know, and they see the eight to 10 point Biden lead being extended to 14 points in that was in a weekend NBC uh, Washington Journal poll. Now, that that poll was taken two days after the uh, Trump-Biden head-to-head, and uh, that's a week ago now, and uh, before the president's coronavirus diagnosis. Now, whether or not the president is, you know, able to return to work at, or at the White House uh, soon and in a meaningful way, and, you know, this is obviously something that a number of medical professionals have differing views on, given the cocktail of of, of drugs administered, we know that the president will have to isolate for a while and he'll miss some of the key pre-election rallies. The 15th of October Miami um, head-to-head will presumably be uh, postponed or, or, or will be a virtual so event. So all of that is the expectation then that Biden is going to increase his lead? Because if you look at that 14% lead that you mentioned, that very same poll around this time last year, uh, uh, sorry, at the time of the last election, was around the time that tape of him boasting of his sexual conquests, uh, that gave uh, uh, Hillary Clinton a 14% lead. And of course, he still went on to win. Well, well that, that is correct. So it's not too late. And that's why I say it's early in the day to make this, to make mm. this play. But Markets and forward-looking are moving on with that very idea that a Biden victory will more right. likely be at this stage, and with it, a blue wave where the Democrats see 
you know, they gain both the White House and the Senate, and that will make it easier to push through his sort of spending plans. As discussed before, the combination of, you know, higher taxes for corporate America and higher earners, uh, increased uh, regulation for tech banks and energy companies um, is a a shift that, when added to the Fed's super easy uh, average inflation targeting, is likely, we think, to weigh further on the dollar and correct its overvaluation that's been in place for a number of years. Some of that will depend uh, whether that happens on, you know, risk holding up as well as the ECB yet not moving to mirror the Fed. We think that's something that won't happen until the back end of next year. But why, but why, but why equities up? I mean, if there's going to be a lot more spending, a lot more government spending, there will be more treasuries around, of course. But but why? But if you're if you're taxing more for for businesses, why are we seeing this rise in equities? Well, well, well that's a good point. And just just to finish on the bond side, so you know, you've seen some really big moves, as you say, five basis points in the tens which you know for the last few weeks is a big move more out in the in the 30 year so over the last few days we've seen that tens 30 spread move out to 80 basis points that's the highs that we've seen since in the sort of post-covid period Um, one of the ideas here is also there is to your point there is you know tens and 30 supply issues going on so it could be a bit of that why are stocks holding up? That argument could be made that, you know, you know, if, if investors really do see a Biden blue wave and a bigger winning margin and not a contested election, that's a reason to be to see equities rise yeah. and more buoyant. Um, less certain, less uncertain. Yeah, yeah but, 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 it, but it's also the case that, you know, um, I think to your point that, um, you know, higher taxes and higher high regulation could on any other day uh, elicit the opposite reaction. So I think this is a thing that's going to wax and wane mm. uh, over the coming uh, coming weeks and months. Well, yeah, maybe the the acceptance that the only way we're going to see our way through all of this perhaps is to have a higher spending government. Whichever the side of politics, you just need to, to get them to get on with it. Which brings us on to really the Heroes Act 2.0 because it looks like well, maybe that's going to happen. Who knows? You know, we could be closer to that $1,200 payment for everyone, which obviously uh, companies are going to like, and along with that $600 weekly supplement for the unemployed. Nancy Pelosi and Steve Mnuchin apparently spoke for one hour today, and they exchanged notes, so they had a more constructive talk tomorrow. And Nancy Pelosi is going to be talking on NBC uh, soon after this podcast goes out. So, uh, And, of course, Donald Trump has been tweeting about it as well. So maybe just maybe it will happen. Well, absolutely. I mean, um, they've been on about this for about a week or so. It hasn't got anywhere yet. But, you know, if you're, if you're a, a Republican senator, then maybe, you know, you see that poll shift, that maybe this focuses minds and you want to get mm. around the table and do as the, tri- as the president has, was tweeting today, get the deal done. Um, we from Friday's yeah. non-farm payroll data that the labour market numbers seem to be moving slowly in the wrong direction in terms of less job creation and higher job loss announcements. So certainly the deal needs to be done. And, um, you know, what we're seeing today plays to, the, to, to that ground. Yeah. 14 tweets in an hour the uh, president had uh, earlier on today. So uh, that's a sign that he's back on track and back to normal. Uh, but look, the uh, let's look at numbers. The non-manufacturing ISM for the US for September uh, was strong, wasn't it, for business activity and for new orders? Just a just a fall in prices. That was the uh, the only negative. Yeah, fifty seven point eight from fifty six point nine. I mean, that takes it back up to the, sort of the range highs that run right back to the start of twenty nineteen. New orders, um, business activity strong. Employment um, is is the one that again we've just talked about it. It's, mm. it's back above 50, but barely. Um, so we know what needs to be done there. Same time, we had the eurozone services uh, PMIs earlier this morning, and they weren't. They weren't as 
if as people as people had perhaps you know thought i mean below 50 mm. uh, we you know remember these had a really strong bounce much stronger than the us a couple of months ago but have rolled back since so italy and france the levels there readings there are below 50 uh, but italy was stronger than thought and germany holds above 50 at 50.6 on the services remember what's driving the european recovery here is actually the manufacturing side it's the trade side and it's particularly germany right coming in at 56.6 i mean these are you know that, that that's a strong reading and we should hear something like that when we get the german factory orders numbers yeah. for uh, for August um, later on, uh, later on today. Well, look, I mean, Germany is one of the few countries in uh, in Europe which is managing to avoid uh, the worst of this sort of resurgence in the virus. The European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, uh, their coronavirus alarm threshold is twenty cases per one hundred thousand people on a seven day average, and only Germany, Finland, Cyprus, and Norway fall below that. In France, if the, you know the threshold is twenty, France is over one hundred and twenty. So that shows how bad it's getting in in Europe. Picking up where you are in the UK as well of course uh, and in the united states not looking good 23 states in the u.s have now got rising numbers uh, only five reporting fewer than a week ago and you can see it coming from the north as the weather cools so 43 average uh, daily new cases which is uh, it was down to 20,000 in may dr fauci says he's uh, very concerned about this just as much as he was concerned about the president going for a joyride earlier on today but uh, a more positive outlook from charles evans uh, from the chicago fed although he's saying you're gonna have to wait years for inflation to reach their two percent target uh, and he's happy to see it go up to two and a half percent so uh, I, I mean you know we're hearing a lot about this from from the fed aren't we but where does charles evans normally sit on this i mean he's basically saying things are going to stay where they are for the next three or four years uh, well all i would say about that is is that that's totally in line with um, you know the fed uh, statement that we saw at the end of the last meeting mm. where you know the dot points are out uh, unchanged until the end of 2023 uh, all right and a busy day today uh, normally of course on a tuesday we get the nab business survey that was out uh, that was out last night to give everyone a chance to read before the rba we were out and, be, and we've also got the budget of course 7 30 tonight in in canberra tell us about the nab business survey first of all what did that tell us yeah so that was uh, that was for, for september phil a modest improvement um to levels seen around early 2020 but you know well below average so business conditions improved to zero from minus six, business confidence to minus four from minus eight. And within the business conditions, we saw some quite nice improvements in trading to six from minus two, profitability, employment to minus six from minus 14. So an improvement, but still negative. That's the story around the world, isn't it, for employment? And forward orders also picking up as well and cap expending. So some good stuff there, but you know it's not enough further work to do and on that note the RBA today yeah. what, what are they going to do the expectation is they're not going to do a you great are, deal isn't it well let's see so the consensus is for no change uh, the cash rate leaving that at uh, 0.25% there are a, few, a small minority looking for a 15 basis point cut to 0.1% and at NAB, we did argue recently for an October or November move. We uh, think that the November is, is, much, is much more likely now. Um, but in addition to any rate cut that does come, the RBA would lower the three-year yield and the term funding facility at 10 basis points, as well as likely increase bond purchases at the long end of the curve. And this would likely mean that the RBA would also need to announce you know, a target on the quantity of bonds to be purchased. Um, if 
the RBA um, does as we expect and actually waits mm. until November, November the 3rd, then we'll probably reveal a kind of a, an easing bias in the statements just to, in preparation of. Uh, and, and and the budget, like I guess like everyone, uh, you know, we've got, we've got to spend our way out of this thing. We have indeed. So we'll get this highly anticipated 2021 federal budget um, around about 7.30 uh, p.m. Eastern time and AEST. Um, it will detail the government's economic plans to support the recovery. Media leaks point to bringing forward of legislated income tax cuts, an investment allowance and more funding for infrastructure. The RBA, like um, other central banks around the world, has repeatedly stressed the importance of fiscal policy to do the heavy lifting. And it's true that the, the, the budget deficit has you know, risen to its biggest since World War II. Now, Back in July, the government uh, reported a budget deficit of just over $85 billion for 2019-2020, or 4.3% of GDP. At the time, it forecast a deficit of $185 billion almost for 2020-21, or 9.5% of GDP. Now it expects the government to show a larger deficit of something like $220 billion for the financial year 21, or 11.3% of GDP, and for years to come, uh, that deficit. But the issue here, though, is, is that there is an alternative. Australian debt and, and, uh, and deficit levels will be lower, of course, than, uh, than the peer group. Also, US and Canada trade numbers tonight, construction PMIs for the UK, the jolts, the job openings for the US, and Jerome Powell is going to be talking early tomorrow morning. And, of course, uh, we can all delight in watching President Trump coming out of hospital and heading back to the White House as well. We've already seen a bit of a reaction to that, but generally, how do you think the markets are going to respond to that news? Um, I think they'll take that uh, in a positive light, um, uh, you know, and um, as it should do. And so the story unfolds. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Great to talk, Gavin. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Don't be afraid of COVID. I really hope those words don't come back to haunt him. That's it for the morning call this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Catch you again tomorrow morning. See you then.